All right, this is Poke Hoots. I'm live from Man Cave, and um, we all locked in and practicing all of this social distance stuff, so we figured that we would try to start something different, start something new, kind of an extension of Poke Hoots, when, you know, our whole goal has been to shine a light on and bring, bring better, better attention to Polk County basketball. So we figured why not start a podcast, and we wouldn't have any better person to help us with this than our co-host, uh, Cora Tuma. Everybody knows Cora Tuma um, from a athletic, from a community service standpoint. A lot of people probably don't know that Cora Tuma was also a pretty good basketball player in his own right back in this day. Um, All-state, All-American, and he's been in Polk County for pretty much all his life, so he's a very well-respected influence and voice in Polk County sports. So, um, welcome to the show, Corey. Hey, thank you for having me. And so, you know, since we here, you know, obviously hearts and, and minds goes out to everybody nationwide and while we're dealing with this national crisis and hopefully everybody's being safe, everybody's practicing social distancing, everybody's, you know, loading up in the stores with food and supplies as much as you can, although if you went in the stores, it's almost like it's Black Friday. I remember I went by Publix yesterday and it was a line out like it would be at Best Buy for um for Black Friday. So just please make sure y'all be safe and be careful and don't take this stuff for granted because it's real. And, you know, when you got sporting events can, getting turned off and, you know, Tuma was just talking about how he's sick of Netflix and and... Disney Plus and Amazon and whatever else that you know, video wise, is just. But what do, what can you do? I'm, I'm we sitting here right now watching a replay of the 49ers and the and the, um, Seahawks from last year and stuff. And, and just you don't have a you don't have a choice. CBS got a game on with Kansas and Memphis from 2009 just to try to you know help us out and make sure that we can get some type of a sports fix. So what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of talk about the season that just ended for Polk County for, for basketball. It was actually a, a, a great season. It was a better season, and we didn't know at the time that the actually the, the state tournament barely beat the virus. We, we would have waited another, another week, and we would have been in the same boat as the NCAA tournament, the NBA and everything else, so it just kind of got to be crazy and be thankful, I guess. But yeah, how uh, crazy that been? Yeah, so you, so we 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 started the year off, you know, with a lot of teams that felt pretty good about things, and we end up getting ten teams. And and I know, and I'm gonna say this real quick, mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. how it's go to, and you know you jump in whenever. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I took a, we took a lot of slack with Polk Hoops for um, including people that were quote-unquote, not Polk County, um, with Sebring and um, Avon Park and Hardy. We just feel like, you know, we try and expose as many kids and teams and programs as we can. Primarily want to do Polk County, but, I mean, Sebring play more Polk County teams than some Polk County teams do, just keeping it G. So um, we didn't have any issue with it, although we took some slack, you know. Um, folks always kill me with something not being from Polk County. You know, I used to get with Tuma with that by he not being from Polk County on, you know, BS, by stuff he's doing with um, with TBS and with different community events. But, I mean, we all from Polk County at some point. So, 
having said that, we counted ten teams that went to the to the tournament and not nine teams. And Tuma was out there pretty much for every game. So um, what was your take overall on how we compete? I mean, we know that Bartow won state. Shout out to Bartow. Shout out to McGrill and the boys. Uh, congratulations on. Yeah, great job. Know, great season. Um, I feel like the, 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 uh, the team, the whole tournament probably was one of the best tournaments we've had in probably the last eight, nine years. Um, I was glad to see that they dropped the classes down back to 7A instead of um, warding it down from um, 9A. Um, so it made it a lot more competitive. Um, both Polk County teams that were in it competed because Sebring is to me is, is Polk County, like you said. Um, they came up a little short um, to a state championship team, which was, um, was it Rain? To, to Rickers. Uh, Rickers. 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 Um, and Rickers ended up winning state, you know, as an underdog. It was supposed to be the underdog, but they're a very well-coached team. They came in with a game plan um, against Sebring to um, not box in two, but kind of shade out um, the two stars, especially the big man. And um, it seemed like Sebring didn't really have an answer on how to uh, counter the defensive strategy that they had. Um and Bartow, Bartow just played great basketball um, throughout the game. And in the championship game, um, I felt like they desired to want to win for the county was, um, and for Coach McGriff and for the city of Bartow um, showed a big difference because with Walt um, in foul trouble and Josh kind of was in foul trouble as well, they didn't, they didn't um, take a seat back. Um, the role players who probably hadn't gave them as much as they could all year in those big moments like that being that they were winning all year, um, stepped up big time. I mean, real big time. The Jordy kid, um, he played phenomenal um, in both uh, both of the games. Um, big big Dathan inside with, with yeah, blocks and stuff. Yeah, and, and, and the kid tore them 12. And 12, number Vigo, 12. Yeah. Alex Vigo. He, yeah, I mean, he, he made a name for himself. Is he a junior or a senior? What grade he is he? a junior. He big junior. time. Big time. He, he stepped up big time to make a name for himself. Um, and you know, if you junior. talk to – if you if, – if you talk to McGriff and you listen to Coach McGriff, he he got Walt, and you know obviously Walt was a, a great addition, you know elite player, and, and rose him to another level. But if you listen to McGriff, he felt pretty good about his team without Walt because obviously during the summertime you're not you know anticipating that you're gonna get a kid like that, so you're preparing for what you had coming back, and he had a lot coming back. So um, when those guys went down, those guys got in foul trouble. It's like those other guys was like, you know, like the Dathan, like the Vigo, like, you know, Jordy. Those guys are like, you know, like the um, uh, Frazier kid who, you know, who's led McGriff kind of pretty much all year. Those guys are like, hey, we we still pretty good without those guys, you know, in there. And they just kind of kind of rallied. And, you know, McGriff played 11 guys all year. And it probably started way back in the summer league when he did something that was kind of unusual yeah, he when teams. he split the two teams yeah. up. It, yeah. it actually ended up being a being a blessing for him because he played a team in the in the Sinclair Summer League and then he played a team in the um in the summer league over in um over at Hayes City. And he ended up losing to he didn't he didn't finish. He didn't win the championship in either one of the leagues. Um I think uh, uh Jenkins won the, the St. Clair League and, and Sebring won the, the uh, East Polk County League but even then, he laid the foundation. So when he went 11 deep, and who knows 11 deep in high school? And I mean, you just you, you didn't feel like you got a it, it was anything that was um, he didn't lose anything. Nah, cause going 11 deep for him, like every player that came off the bench gave him something that another kid couldn't give. 
And it was very, you know, you, you saw that during the state tournament. I also saw it when they played uh, Jenkins the second time. Because I heard the first time they played Jenkins, the game was very, very close. Um, but, man, when you played Jenkins the second time, I mean, you, you going in there expecting a, a, a battle. And, I mean, game plan, the way his, his whole team played, I mean, it just took Jenkins out of um, out of everything defensively. Um, very well coached team, very disciplined. Um, which you know that's that's typical of the McGriff teams, but I mean, man, they finished top in the state. They finished top the number the one state. team in FHA SA. all the way, up. yeah, overall. all the way. You know, overall, beside the two um, Mount Verde and um, Bradenton IMG, they finished the number one team in the state. Well, de- well deserved. And it's crazy that they finished after the playoffs. They were number one, but during the regular season, another Polk County team was number one all year. That was Santa Fe. Um, shout out Santa Fe. They got to the regional finals. And they end up losing to a very good Boca Raton team, uh, St. Andrews, who end up winning the state championship. Um, Santa Fe also had nothing to, you know, nothing to hang, hang their head about. They they represented the county very well all year long. Um, dominated the county. Dominated mm-hmm. the county. They they actually beat Bartow. Yeah. You know, a lot of people forget that because Bartow didn't lose but one game. But the one game was to Santa Fe, and Santa Fe went into Bartow and knocked them off. And Bartow didn't lose after that, you know. But, you know, Santa Fe just kind of, they ran up, you know, with St. Andrews. And, you know, we both were at the game. And St. Andrews played very well. And Santa Fe didn't play bad. They just didn't play as well as St. Andrews. They played a team that was uh, a lot more prepared for for them than they probably were prepared for. Um, That's a good point. Yeah, it, it just it just seemed that way. Like, that team was a lot more prepared. Um and they were very, very well coached, man. And they had they had two studs. And one of them, one of their studs, the big man was in foul trouble, but that that kid, that junior, or that soft sophomore. Pano, he's a junior. Junior. Yeah. Pano. Yeah. We might be saying it wrong, but yeah, he, he was he was he was tough. He yeah, was, he topped five players in the state. He he you know? he was tough. He he was long and he was he was he was finesse. He he got to the bay, got every shot he wanted. And one thing about that game, those guys were just hitting shots. I mean, they they were they wasn't missing. It was, and they didn't turn the ball over. And they didn't turn the ball over. And usually, Santa Fe gets people with that pressure defense. Yeah. They they got they got Ray up there. They got Twan, and and they'll turn you over. And then you know you got Javon and Joe out in transition finishing, and they just could not get um, San Andrews to do that. But having said that, besides that one game, you know Santa Fe. Represent the county very well. And yeah, he some good teams in so, the state. So shout out to Santa Fe and, and the other teams that made it to the you know to the to the uh, playoffs. You know you had Arbendale, you had Lake Gibson, you had um, Kathleen, you had Lakeland, um, you had Jenkins, and who am I leaving out? I feel like I'm leaving somebody. Oh, we had Winter Haven. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is which is big, man. To get that many teams from one county from playing one county. in the playoffs, that, that know, was huge. And and the thing that was kind of you know disappointing, you kind of saw it coming all year, but we had up to ten teams, five of them were in the same region, you know, in six A. So you you had some good teams that ended up having to play each other, like you had Jenkins and and Lakeland had to play first round and. Lakeland, you know, with first-year coach, you know, Henderson uh, Taylor, you look at how he had those kids. He just kind of willed the kids to win, even though, you know, um, it, it was just a great game. You had Jenkins, who just wouldn't fight. You had um, Darius Lee, who just he, – he just went down fighting. But it was it, it was a great game. But it was a game that you probably didn't want to have to see because you didn't want county teams to play. You, you had a good Winter Haven team. Uh, Winter Haven has a, a bright future. I mean, shout out Fair to Coach Woodside. Yeah. They got they got three really good freshmen led by 
you know, two guards with Roe Hardy and Tyler Williams, and um, they'll be back. And then they got, you know, they got about three or four juniors that'll be back. So, but they end up having to run in the Barto. So, you know, any other region, you could legitimately say that. Like, uh, Winter Haven could have made a state a case to get to the, you know, to the White House, but they just happen to be in the same region as Barto, yeah. same as Lakeland and, 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 and Jenkins and, and Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Um, Shout out to Kathleen, man. They, they had a great, they had a great season. Um, you know, after years and years of being um, shot, coach y'all for getting yeah. the boys back. You know, and and you know they, are, you know, the city's always talking about bringing the lean back, and 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 they've been at it and stuff. And he he got a couple real good transfers in. Um, although some people will debate whether KJ Park is a transfer. Transfer. But, um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we we see him as a transfer. Other people may not. But KJ came in and and he was a freshman and played point for the first first time and. And end up doing a great job, and then they got the kid Adams from from over in um, from Brooksville, over in um, Hernando County. He came in and and was first team all county. He made first team all Polk hoops. We'll talk about that in a little bit, and um, probably will make Polk County uh, first team all county for the for the ledger. Also, just came in and solidified the middle for him. They ran up on a, a pretty good uh, Tampa Hillsboro team, and. And you know, it's nothing for them to hang their head about. Think they uh, Hillsborough been the state two years in a row before that, so you know they and they knocked at the door on Bartow. And, so. and they almost knocked off Bartow, so nothing to hold, hold your head about. And, and and Shaw has a couple, you know, good young kids coming back. He got um, Park, as I said, he got his kid AJ Shaw be back next year. He got Marcellus Thomas to be back, so he has some he has some pieces to work with. Um, he lost Adams, that so that'll hurt inside. But uh, overall, he, he does have Kathleen going in the right position, um, in the right direction. And you know what's interesting about the Adams? I didn't know that Adams was in the state tournament last year. The With team. Nature Coast. Yeah, yeah. He Nature actually Coast. made the state. That was interesting to see why he transferred. And he, but you know, he made in another interesting. He made all county, and he didn't start. But he, but it was a lot of scenes on the team, so maybe he wanted to, you know, switch up. Uh, yeah, that makes but, sense. But he, 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 did, he made all county in Hernando County at Nature Coast mm-hmm. and, and wasn't even didn't even start. So that was, you know, that was crazy. But um, shout out to Oregon, and hopefully, you know, he finds somewhere to go to for the next level. Great kid, from what I understand, and obviously he's a real good player. Um, it was a lot of, you know, people had something to say about, and you tell me what you think about this. Uh, the state went to a new system this year, you know, to a new ranking system, a point system as far as how they got, how the team got picked to go into the, you know, into the tournament. In years past, if you won district, you was run up, you went to the tournament, period. Whether you had three teams in the district, whether you had eight teams in the district, you know you was guaranteed if you finish in the top two. Well, this year, went to a point system and, um, you know, a lot of variables. The biggest was strength of schedule. So for the first time, the state kind of almost rewarded you for playing a tough schedule, which was why Santa Fe was ranked number one all year long because Santa Fe, to their credit, they played mm-hmm. tough, tough schedule. They played anybody. They played anywhere. They didn't they didn't run from any competition. Bartow was saying so Bartow was top five all year, but um, there were some teams that got in. For one, um, Lake Gibson got in, and there were some people that were kind of you know, questioning how mm-hmm. late how mm-hmm. late Gibson got in, and they were like 15 or 12, I think, or something like that. And say a team like Lake Region or um, Hardy didn't get in, and both of those teams had 20, you know, had 20 win seasons. But if you, but if you look at it, the last two weeks of the season, you had Lake Gibson who played um, OCP, who won state, Jenkins who made the playoffs, Santa Fe 
who made it to the regional finals, Warren Haven, who made it to the regional semis, mm-hmm. and Lakeland, who made it to the regional semis. They played all them people in the last two weeks of the season. And so the state rewarded that. Even though they didn't win the games, they played them, and they made it into the, into the playoffs. So might be something to look at for teams next year when you're getting ready to do your scheduling. Once we get past this, you know, this crisis that we're in right now, you know, worldwide, I mean, we will get through it, that you get rewarded for playing people, not necessarily from not playing people. So it's not as much, the state doesn't care as much about your wins. Yeah. You might as well just um, line your schedule up to play the best of the best. I mean, to get those points. It helps you in the long run, especially if you're looking to go to state for as long as competing-wise. That's why Bartow is always so tough. They don't back down from playing anybody. Same thing with Santa Fe. Not only do they have, like, probably the best starting five in the county, they just, I mean, they went out and they, they, they fought. They, they fought against anybody, lined it up, and they played them. So you playing a cupcake schedule just to brag on 20, 25 wins, and you playing um, all 1A schools, yeah, you, you don't get in the tournament, you can't get mad at how they um, how the selection goes. I think it was a great um, idea of how they did that as far as um, doing the rankings and everything. And so. if you look at when it got to the Civic Center, like I said, you was there pretty much every game. Um, I got We got there a couple times, but it seemed like there was no, like, blowouts. It seemed like most of the games were were, co- were close and competitive, and that's kind of goes to the point that you got, fight, you got the best teams yeah, was there, so, so you ain't got That's why no. I say it was the best tournament, because, I mean, everybody who was there deserved to be there. You know what I'm saying? I think the one team that didn't didn't look like they needed to be there was um in the 1A. Hawthorne played a team um out of um that Pensacola area, and that team was terrible. Paxson. Was it Paxson? I think because it was two teams with the same name. Yeah, on it was Jacksonville Paxson. Okay, was so Paxson. yeah, it was the regular Paxson. They, 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 they were straight they, trash. They, yeah. they were bad. <laughs> Grade A sanitation. <laughs> <laughs> and they started off the first uh, first half. I think they scored seven points in the first half. They couldn't even, the so first not, quarter, they couldn't get three, four. They couldn't get a shot off. And that's what this top took away from because in years past, you have four, five sanitation teams yeah. out there. You just, I know... For me, I kind of stopped going because that was what was happening. I'm like, you you know, you got teams in the county that deservedly should be there, and they were getting beat, and I got to come watch this, and it's, and it's just like, this just don't make no sense. So I kind of stayed away from it. So I was very happy for the new format, and like I said, hopefully people will, you know, learn from us, say, a Lake Gibson, even from a Lakeland. You know, that Lakeland didn't win district. Lakeland wasn't district runner-up, but they still got in because – they played play a tough schedule. Yeah, he and, he, he did. You know, congratulations to Coach Hen, uh, first year. Shout out to Hen. He, Shout did, out to he did a great job, man. The, the, the team he had, the size of the players he had, and how they just fought, like that. That you know, he, he had kids that went to war for him. Them type of kids you want to coach. That you know they ain't the most talented team, but he had some dogs out there that, that you know would fight. So good job, Coach Hen. Great job. Yeah, you know, great, great job. Yeah, you well deserving the awards you received. Um, you know, coaches year run up. You just you just did a great job as a kid. So congratulations yeah. to you. So what do you think about some people talking about maybe I mean, you know, the first thing is once something works or once you, you do something, people be ready to change it and go to something different. So we just went to this new playoff system. You got some people saying, um, looking at doing like and I don't know about doing it and to substitute what's going on now, but what do you what do you think about the idea of after the season is over with? you 
taking the top teams, the top 16 teams, 18, whatever you want to call it, and doing a, a tournament for one true state championship. Right so now, you got seven. After, this would be after the tournament, or just this would be what we call like. Well, some, pe- some people saying, like, like they do it in Illinois, Kentucky, they just rank them and they play them. Uh, or, I mean, the basketball was so even out, I, I think that part would work. But financially, I heard that, you know, with the teams traveling, that it, it would be it would be an issue with a lot of teams having to travel during the week. For the basketball talent wise, I mean, I, don't, I don't think that um, a seven eighteen was better than a, um, a three eighteen. So I mean, like you know, Santa Fe could have competed. Who didn't get in? They could have competed with any of those teams. They just so happened to be in the three eight class. Got the same class with same yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, it would it would be good to determine one champion. Would that help basketball in Florida? That's that's the question that you know will be the you know the answer you be looking for because I don't know if that would help basketball. I think what happened this year was the the, uh, the biggest plus to Florida basketball was the uh, cutting back down. So you have those. Um, I mean, they, honestly, to me, they could have made it all six A. They could have went six A and down instead of even doing the seven A. But you know, you got so many schools now compared to back when. We played ball. It wasn't as many schools. Yeah, it was like four, it was like four or five classes. Yeah. Right, right but, um, or get rid of one A because one A was pretty much. And, and even with one A, they don't even play as many games as yeah. so they they start off with the regional semis because there's so few, yeah, so few teams. So, few, so maybe yeah, you can maybe you merge them and make them independent or something. Exactly. But, I mean, if I would get rid, of, I would go. I would say cut one A down off of anything and then make it more competitive like that. Um, and since we don't have any one eighteen in Polk County, it wouldn't affect us it at all. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So well, we not, no, that's that's not true. Fort Meade is one eight. Fort Meade oh, okay. So, but you look but, at the team that was in it, Hawthorne, uh, that team waiting in the Panhandle, uh, another team from Miami. I don't think they had any Central Florida teams in in one eight. Right. Um, I, I like I like how it is now. I mean, you rather you know try this system for a good three four years. Um, I just hope that when they do the district change next time, they get all those Polk kind of teams out. Somehow or another, somehow or another, I guess that how the, the region and the district. I mean, it's like we're not really necessarily in the district together because you know Bartow was with Winter Haven, but then they were playing like Edgewater and Lake Howell and you know Kissimmee teams, so they weren't necessarily. Now that other district had Kathleen Lakeland, um, um, who else? Kathleen Lakeland. Jenkins were all in the same district. Yeah. But then they still had some Hillsborough County teams. So it's kind of spread out in the district. But then if you got them all in the same region, yeah, it, 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 it still it, don't matter. You it hurts, like it hurts like Lakeland basketball still. And I said this, um, and people don't believe it, man. It was 2008 when Kathleen lost to Miami Pace. And the way the, the kids moved around now, I said, man, it would be another 10 years mm-hmm. before we see another Lakeland team in a tournament. And it's, and it's and counting it's, on what? Where we at now? It's 2000. It was just 20 this year, so it's so 12 years. It's 12, it's 12 years and going, and, you know, this probably could have been a good year that if they were in different classes that um, a Lakeland team probably would have made it out. You know what I'm saying? But um, And, then, you know, it's always that that conversation in the city of Lakeland that, you know, the talent is so spread out. You know, um, I heard this one time in the barbershop that Bartow has an advantage because – they're they're one they're one city, so they get all the kids. No, nah, that ain't true. That ain't that ain't true. Cause Bartow ain't been in ten years either, right? It's been like ten years since Bartow, Bartow. made it. So, Bar- it's been six years. Six since years. They made it's been it. six it's been years since they won it. Ten years since they won it. Six years since they made it. So it ain't like Bartow just going every year. Um, they've had down years on the talent where they just ain't dominated. I mean, they just 
you know, with the team they had coming back, then you get the number one player in, in the county to transfer over. I mean, come on. With already, and, and what people don't realize is that Bartow lost one kid from that team last year. That was the J.D. Dodger kid. And so you replace him with, with Walt. With Walt. And Walt was one game last. He lost to Lake Wood to and get the A lot of people so don't realize that he won. He, his team, his Lake Wells team was in the regional semis yeah. last year. They were the one game, I mean, regional finals. Yeah. They were one game from the, from the White House last year. So it's not like, sometimes things just kind of merge together, just come together, and it, and it just worked. And it, and it just worked for, for Bartow. Um, but I think the problem with Lakeland, on my opinion, you know, you know, I'm not the, the sports expert. You know, we got plenty of those around the um, city of Lakeland <laughs> that think they know everything, which, you know, we all kind of give opinion. It's just that kids don't want to be coached. So if you really look at the, the teams that are in Lakeland now and you say where were you zoned to play at and why you didn't go there, you would get that answer. It ain't about uh, kids don't want to compete with state championships. They don't want to be coached. They don't want to be well, coached. You know what I'm saying? So you, if you don't want to be coached, you know, every kid is not a scholarship player. And that's you know? tough. That's tough. That's tough for a kid and sometimes a parent to to understand and to accept yeah. that your child, as great as your child is, just mm-hmm. is not going to go to college for basketball. And, and not even that, they're not going to be at the level on this team that you think they should be because they was at Kelly Rick, because they was at Bartow, mm-hmm. you or Arbondale Red, mm-hmm. shout out to Coach E, um, mm-hmm. or you know to at, at Silson Park, or wherever it is that they came up playing ball at. Everybody is a big fish when they are in a big pond. Yeah. But when you get together with other kids, and and like you say, part of part of being successful is merging the team together. And like you say with Bartow, everybody understood their role. Nobody was out there trying to do more than what they could do. You saw that with not just Bartow in the state tournament. But you saw that with most of the teams, even that the Dillard team that they that they beat. You saw that it wasn't guys coming in taking shots. That the coach's son took a lot of threes in the semis and the finals. He didn't make a lot of them, but it clearly was what he was there to do because you didn't see the coach have nothing to say when he was taking them shots. The kids weren't saying that one. Nobody's body language was all off. They, you, you knew that was his role on the team. And think so, about this, and you know, just to go about what you're saying and what I was saying about the, you know, wanting to um, be coach. If you let's, let's be real, you know, we're looking at Bartos team. You said it yourself they played 11 deep. You know, we ain't seen a team play 11 deep in high school like this in a long time, right? They might have, you take Walt off that team, they might have one kid on that team right now ready to play college basketball. That's just being real. You got guys that playing their role. It ain't ain't, ain't to knock the kids, but ain't no coaches finna come knocking down the door at them 10 other guys. That's true. No facts. And there's no knock on the kid. No it's knock just, on the kid. It's just the it's relative. It's the college basketball, recruiting-wise, is probably one of the hardest sports. That's why we try to push most kids to play what? Football. football. Because the opportunity doors are open and it's more wider because you have more scholarships to offer. And that's always a, a, a discussion, you know, a debate. Kids get to high school and all of a sudden they just uh, full-time full-time basketball player and they you know they've been playing football because that's what it is here and um it's it's you know it's um the deal here in polk county you play 
football. You play little league football. You know, whether you're from Lakeland, whether you're from Bartow, you're from Lake Wells, whether you're from Haines City, you play you play football. That's just what you do. And a lot of these kids are pretty good in football. And then they come in and they end up not doing the best job in basketball because basketball basketball is not as, as um prevalent. I mean you only got a few Little league teams that even do basketball. You got sense of ball, like I say, do rich. You only got a few that do travel ball, but everybody plays football and they play at a high level. And so you get these kids that are very good in, in high school, I mean, in little league football, and then they get to high school and then they all of a sudden don't want to play football anymore. And a lot of times it's nothing wrong with doing both. And most high school basketball coaches won't. Um, you know, deter a kid from playing football because, you know, football carries over the basketball if nothing else for the toughness. That, and that's one thing that Polk County has always been known for um, as far as in other counties and, you know, around the state is how tough our brand of uh, basketball is. We we play hard. We play physical. And, you know, if you're in the county, fouls, you, you don't go into a game expecting a, a foul. You don't go into a game expecting a, uh, a get calls from the officials. You go in and you know that you got to be physical and you got to be tough. So if you got kids on your team that play football, that's almost an advantage. You know, uh, this year, I know McGriff had Josh who played football for the first time this year and um, I think Jordan played football and I think the Dathan kid played football. Um, but one big thing was that uh, Walt came over and Walt was a big-time recruit and still is for football, and he decided that he wasn't going to play football. But he had that background. And so, you know, above the skill and the team, Bartol also had toughness. You know, so when kids decide to give up football, it's always kind of a, you know, you, a kid got to do what they think is best, but they also, we, I feel, you know, you got to be realistic because if your goal is to try to get into college, then you want to give yourself the best opportunity and you want to give yourself the most chances to do so. And if that's where you have to play both sports because it's 60 scholarships on the football team and it's 15 on basketball, then, you know, that's that's kind of – you know, you kind of hedging your bets if you cut one off, and so that just it's always been kind of a, a deal that to, where kids kind of uh, cutting themselves off. And we understand you love basketball, you may not love football. You know, you get to high school, it becomes a job. You know, you gotta lift weights, you gotta go to conditioning, off-season conditioning. You gotta watch film, and that stuff is not cute. That stuff is not pretty, and that stuff is not um, glamorous. You just want to line up and play on Friday, and that doesn't always happen. It's hot out there now, and you know you're older now, so you got social media, you got all this stuff going on. But we just, I, I just think that sometimes we got to make sure that we get off of closing the door that could potentially help us to open another door, i.e., getting to college and having a chance at the next level. Okay, uh, that's my soapbox rant about that. I don't know how we got on that, but. You know, we're there and, and we're back. And so back to Polk County Sports. Um, co-host had to step away for a second. He'll be back, so I'm flying solo right now. And that's okay because, you know, came in the world alone, probably end up alone. But um, as far as 
some of the all Polk Hoops teams this year. You know, we, we at Polk Hoops, we started this thing just to, like I say, very simply, just to give more publicity to shine a brighter light on Polk County basketball because, quite honestly, it just wasn't being done. It just wasn't being done. No knock on anybody else. It's just with something. Sometimes if you see a problem or you see something, an issue, if you can fix it instead of blaming it or looking at other people, you do it yourself. And so what we decided to do was let's just do it. Let's just try it and see. We we said right before um, Summer League, I think it was like May, we're just going to start and kind of see where it goes. And we had no idea that, you know, we would get to this point so soon. We're very fortunate um, to be able to cover these teams, to be able to cover these kids, these coaches and these programs and, and just give them a lot more um, publicity than they, than they had been getting and they deserve to be getting. They deserve the accolades and they deserve to get just as much, um, you know, pub as kids in um, Orange County. Hillsborough County, Dade County, Broward County, because our kids are just as good, our team is just good, we play just as much uh, good brand of basketball. So that was our our goal and mission. We didn't have any um, other ulterior motive than that. And so it just continued to evolve. Um, and as we finished this, this year, like I said, I'm, uh, we're thankful that we were able to get through this year, you know, before the, before the virus became um, an epidemic like it is, or a pandemic as they're calling it. So the state finals were in the playoffs were actually able to get played. So, but we did go through. And so at the end of the year, we decided to, you know, do some end of the season awards. And we wanted to make it interactive. And so we, we put a component of it for a fan vote. So we opened up, you know, we did some, um, ability for fans to vote and we do realize that you know it, we I got a lot of, we got a lot of inboxes that people were saying well can you vote one time we know people are voting more than one time and stuff and and we knew that it would be the possibility that would happen um, we would hope that people would just vote one time but we also understood that you know a lot of times voting people vote with their heart and not necessarily with their mind so if they like a person if they like a kid they like a coach or you know, a situation, they're going to vote for that. And sometimes they're going to vote more than once. And we got that. And we understand that. So shout out to y'all that voted once. Shout out to y'all that voted more than once. Um, but we only made that part of the component. We didn't just face that, put, you know, everything on that. So we used that. We used some, you know, um, coaches input. And then we also used the component of actual observation. So, uh, we went to a lot of games this year. We went to a lot of games. We went to see a lot of different teams because we wanted to make sure that we were making our selections based off of the most accurate type of information possible. And sometimes stats don't tell the story. You know, you pick up the paper the next day or you go online and you see, you know, a kid had 20 and 10 and the kid that had seven points and seven rebounds impact maybe more than the kid who had the 20 and 10. So the only way you're gonna know that is if you actually go and check out a game. And so we, you know, we fatted all that into the to the awards, and we were very happy with um, the selections that we made. Um, Tumor kind of illuminated on the first one as far as like coach of the year, and obviously um, coach of the year. 
Shout out to Coach McGriff and what he did with his team over in Bartow this year. Mm-hmm. Um, went 31-1. and one, Lost one game, like I said, at Santa Fe early in the year and won the first state championship for the county in, in about eight years and, and the first one for Bartow in ten years. And and did, just did an awesome job with, with his team this year. And um, the runner-up was Henderson Taylor over at, at Lakeland. And Henderson probably is the most – energetic, passionate, fiery mm-hmm. coach in the entire county. I mean, I, I'd be, it'd be hard-pressed to see somebody who who gives more on the sideline to his kids than, than, than Coach Hen does. And mm-hmm. Coach Hen led his team to 20 wins in his first year, which is remarkable. And as Tuma said, it was most nights they did not measure up on, uh, on paper with people that they were playing. They were never the biggest team. They were never the deepest team, but they just played with heart. They they played hard. They fought. They scratched. They you knew if you were playing Lakeland that they were going to shoot it. They were going to guard you. You know those two Gantt kids, they Taylor and AJ. They just they just got after it. And then you had Pat Taylor who was playing point guard on offense and essentially playing center on defense. And and they just mm-hmm. they just battled. They battled their way to, to 20 wins and they went in and 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 beat a, a real good Jenkins team. Shout out to Coach Gent who had, you know, won their first district championship and I think since Gent had been, you know, at Jenkins and, you know, being all county, all state player in his own right, Gent was, was, was tough. And he had a real good team. They they won twenty games this year and and Lakeland went in and, and knocked them off. It was probably one of the top games of the year. I mean, you had kids fighting. You hated to see – that was one of those games where you hate to see somebody lose. And and, um, and Lakeland ended up gutting it out. And and then Lakeland mm-hmm. went into Hillsboro the next game, and, and they almost knocked off Hillsboro. You know, Hillsboro, like, like Tuma said, was a, a two-time, you know, state Final Four team. They had their very experienced. They had a, you know, big kid, a big, uh, big kid inside who was, was tough and – uh, he gave Kathleen Fitz, and, and Lakeland went in, and I played those people. Lakeland, I think they lost about one or two, and the real deal should have knocked them out. I mean, you, you know, probably one of the, the the biggest heart things, I mean, as far as just gut, gut, you know, dig down deep performances is is when A.J. AJ Gant fouled out. And, and if you, you had to be at the game to see his, his little brother, Taylor, kind of like went over to him. And, you know, if you got a brother, you understand that you got a bond that – I mean, you can say you brothers, but when you blood brothers and, you know, you grew up together, it's kind of a little different. And and Taylor, you know, went to his brother and just told him, I got you. I mean, and it was it was powerful. And he went out on the court and he might have scored the next 10 points for um, Lakeland, hit a couple threes, steals and layups, and he single-handedly almost willed them to that to that win. And it just – they ended up not winning. They ended up, like I say, losing by like one or two. It was just – it was a tough loss. But, I mean, they they – Henderson did a great job with, with that team this year. And um, like I said, shout out to AJ and um, Pat as they move on to the um, to the next level. They're seniors. Um, uh, he has a lot of kids coming back next year, so he should be, you know, should be competitive once again. So that was who we picked for our coach, coach of the year and the runner-up. As far as um, our freshman of the year, we had some good freshmen um, in, in Polk County this year. Probably the best freshman class in Polk County in the last few years, I mean, in recent memory. 
And the the freshman that won was KJ Parker from Kathleen. And you know, KJ last year played as a eighth grader over at Victory. And um so he had some, you know, some varsity experience, which is why we we labeled him as a transfer because he played varsity ball even though he was an eighth grader last year. And KJ came in and, and played point for Kathleen. And he hadn't played point. I know he didn't play point at Victory last year, but you know, Kathleen needed a point guard and Coach Shaw. Um, you know, it's kind of, you know, takes a lot. Takes a lot of courage and, you know, to, to put a freshman in to, to lead your team. And Coach Shaw stuck him in and never wavered on him. And he delivered for Coach Shaw. He averaged like 13 a game for him and uh, three rebounds a game. And, and he he came in and more than um, – more than made a, a case for himself, and you just you just see uh, greatness in that kid. I mean, he he Tumor loves him to death, and he seems like he can get any shot he wants, and just feel like he works hard, and he just is going to continue to to get better as he continues to get comfortable um, in that role. And the runner-up was Roe Hardy from Winter Haven, and when uh, also Roe was also a transfer because he played eighth grade ball last year at McKeel. Mm-hmm. Went over to to Werner Haven and he stepped in and once again Coach Woodside, you know, kinda did the same thing. Shout out to Coach Tyrone Woodside. He kinda did the same thing. He didn't just start one freshman, he started two freshmen, both his guards, um, Roe and Tyler, who also was up for freshman of the year, Tyler Williams, they both were freshmen. They both were in eighth mm-hmm. grade last year and those were his starters. And Roe had a had a real good season. I think Roe had like two or three game winners. Uh, uh, you know, the biggest one was the controversial um, free throws he hit when Winhaven upset Santa Fe. You know, Winhaven was one of the other only uh, was the only county team to beat Santa Fe. Nobody else in the county beat Santa Fe this year. And uh, Hardy Roe got fouled and went to the free throw line and hit all the free throws for them to get a two point win. They were down one when he you know took the took the three pointer and. And, um, you know, it takes a lot for a freshman to be in, in a hostile environment. They were in Santa Fe, and that, that's pressure. And he went and knocked free throws down, but he had a great year overall all year for for um, Winter Haven all around. He averaged a little over 10 a game, five rebounds, three assists, you know, about three steals. He just was a true floor general for Winter Haven. So the future is bright, like we said earlier, for Winter Haven with, with two freshmen. And Hardy and Williams, you know, starting for you. So you got three more years to deal with those guys as a tandem, and you can only see them getting better from here. <clears throat> um, next award that we gave was the Impact Transfer Award, and and there were some real good transfers. That you could could have made a case for the transfers to be actually first team all poke hoops. And I mean, you had Orion Adams from Kathleen, you had Walt from Bartow, you had Twan Walker from. Haines City, had KJ from Kathleen, and you had the BJ Harris kid who was at Lake Region who came over from uh, OCP, from Orlando Christian Prep. And, <clears throat> excuse me, we decided to go with Jessica Coffee. Everybody don't, don't run from the screen. Uh, don't leave me. My throat was dry. I just got some water, so I'm good. I'm joking, but I'm serious because we can't be too careful nowadays. But anyway, uh, we gave our Impact Transfer Award to Walt Clayton. Obviously, you know, Walt 
was phenomenal all year mm-hmm. long for Barto mm-hmm. in every sense of the word. And we've kind of talked about him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's who got the award. But our runner-up was Orion, once again, the kid from Nature Coast for Kathleen. And, I mean, he came in and averaged 16 a game for Kathleen, nine rebounds, uh, three blocks a game, um, like 1.2 steals per game. And he just was – he was a force for the Red Devils. He, he was he – was, he was – tough all year long he he played hard he played with with energy and and he he helped to restore respectability back to Kathleen this year and, and they're gonna miss him they're gonna miss him but he 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 came over and did a did a great job for him but that the transfer category was probably the toughest because you had those two guys you also had Antoine Walker from Santa Fe who um if, if Torn doesn't come over, it's, it's, it's debatable if Santa Fe gets as far as they do because, I mean, you had Ray, who, you know, is tough. You had Joe, who's tough. You got Javon, who's tough. But you just felt like when Torn came over, he allowed guys to do things. You know, he allowed Ray to kind of be able to be the defender that he became because he didn't have to worry about handling the ball as much. He allowed Joe and Javon to get out more in transition because they didn't have to worry about helping Ray handle the ball as much. They were able to just, you know, run and, and be athletic and, and be, you know, explosive like they both are. So um, a lot of stuff that he did probably didn't go as noticed, but his impact was was very evident, you know, to, to Santa Fe's success this year. So shout out to Tuan um, for having a great year as well. Um, next, we had the Defense Player of the Year and – this also was a very close award, and it was close because the the, the fan vote was kind of, you know, was was very uh, opposite, not very opposite, but kind of opposite from observation and from coaches' input. So, but the the winner of the, the defense player was Rafe Davis once again from Santa Fe. Uh, Ray averaged like two and a half steals a game, uh, four rebounds, which is you know. Defensive rebounds, which is phenomenal for a point guard to be averaging four defensive rebounds a game. He averaged about one block a game. And the runner-up was A.J. Gant. And A.J. averaged, you know, 2.3 steals, 2.3 defensive rebounds. And anybody that's seen A.J. know that A.J. is probably the smallest player night in and night out. But he, I, I would challenge you to find somebody who has a bigger heart then AJ um, night in and night out. He just he just brought it every night. He left everything on the floor. He he just he he did a phenomenal job for um, for Lakeland, and he just he just battled. You hated to see him foul out of his last game because you just felt like if he could have stayed in there, you know that would have been. Even though Lakeland still went down swinging, you just for him to go out, you just, your heart just went out to him and to his brother, to Coach Hen, and just the whole you know team, the whole Lakeland you know helped the Bear Nation that they just couldn't pull it out. But uh, he was the runner-up, and there was also a very good case for um, Alvin Tumbling from Sebring, and a lot of people I don't know if you know what was the rap on Alvin because he wasn't I guess quote-unquote, from Polk County. But if you look at his numbers, I mean, that kid had phenomenal um, phenomenal numbers uh, on, the, on the defense side of the ball. Uh, almost eight defensive rebounds a game, four blocks a game, three steals. He was he, and he, he was he was tough. And I don't think anybody dis- disputes how tough he was 
The only dispute that I've heard, the only argument I've heard from anybody is that he wasn't from Polk County. So, but um, those three guys were like right in there for defense player of the year with Ray winning the award. Shout out to Ray. Um, the next award that we gave was to the what else was left? The player of the year. Uh, we also we gave out the game of the year, and the game of the year went to um, the game Kathleen at Lakeland. Um, it was January 31st. Kathleen won in a shootout. It was 80 to 79. They won on the last second shot. Um, AJ Shaw, uh, Coach Shaw's son, had a tip out, tip uh, putback, which it was significant because Kathleen beat Lakeland. Um, and you know, anybody knows that city rivalry. Know anytime you get a win, that's significant. But the other significant thing was that um, it got Kathleen the number one seed in the district tournament. So they were able to, you know, host the district tournament um, all the way through, although it, it, it became an issue at the end when they made it to the championship and they had to move the game to Tenerock because um, there was, a, I guess, the, it was a wrestling tournament or something that kind of got double booked in the gym. And um, so the, the solution or the resolution was to move to Tenerock. Because as the host team, Kathleen had that option. Um, the game could have got moved to Jenkins, but I, I don't blame Coach Shaw or Kathleen. I would not have wanted to move the game to Jenkins and make it a home game for them. I'd rather be at a neutral site than essentially it be a road game. But that game was the game of the year. It was a, it was a very um, entertaining game um, that got voted on and won. As far as we had did a photo of the year also, and the photo of the year, and obviously you won't be able to see it on this podcast, but the photo of the year went to um, went to uh, the photo of, and it, it caused some controversy during when it first got posted. The um, pregame flight at, at Kathleen where um, Kathleen does a little thing right before the they, you know, they finish warming up where Orion um, is about to dunk the ball and all the kids kind of go up with him. And it was a it was a photographer that caught it. It was a very, very good shot. And originally when we posted, we posted as giving photo credit to um, one of the parents, you know, Marcellus Thomas, because when we saw it, that's who posted it. Well, it, it became a you know a big deal because the I guess the person who originally took the picture um, felt like the photo credit should have went to them. And honestly, we didn't mean anything by it. We didn't know that photo credit was that big of a deal. And so what we did originally was we just took it down at the request of the original um, person that took the photo. And then uh, Coach Shaw, to his credit, he kind of reached out to the person. He reached out to us first, and I, you know, we told him, Coach, the person requested to um, have it removed and we're going to always be respectful of, of people. We're, we're going to not be, we're not here trying to have no negativity on the page ever. And so that's what the request was. And that's what we did. So I said, only reason, only way we'll put it back up is, you know, if they give us permission. So Coach Shaw reached out to him. He thought it was important, which it was, that his kids get recognized for something that they deserve. And the photographer was, you know, willing to do it. And so we put it back up and it ended up winning. So, um, like I said, it was no ill intent on that. It kind of went a little sideways, but in the end, it ended up, um, ended up working out. And then the last award that we gave out was the Player of the Year, and the Player of the Year went to, once again, Walt Clayton. Obviously, Walt had a you know phenomenal year, led his team to the state championship, 
and um, just did everything right for Bartow um, all year long for them. Represented that that program and himself and his family in a great in a great fashion. Uh, great young man for all that you know we've heard and we've seen. Haven't had a chance to meet him yet. We plan to. Or hope we're hope hopeful to in the next year, but. Um, he won player of the year, and the runner-up went to Javon Bell from Santa Fe. Javon had a had a phenomenal year for um, for Santa Fe. He um, ended up with, I think he had like 18 a game, like eight, seven, eight rebounds. He ended up um, three or four steals a game, three or four blocks, just an all-around great performance um, all year long for Santa Fe. Um, hated to see them go out in the regional finals. And you know, me and Tuma were talking. It's almost like they they lost to the to the state champions, and we kind of said it that night that nobody's going to beat St. Andrews. So it's almost like they didn't make it to the White House, but they lost to the team that ended up winning the championship. So you figure if Santa Fe would have been in any other region except the one where they were in with St. Andrews, they would have made it to the White House. And um, who knows? It may have went a little different if they were on a different stage, a different format, you know, a different set of circumstances. But yeah, Javon ended up winning the, um, winning the, uh, I mean, not winning, but he ended up coming in runner-up. Um, great season for him. And shout-out to Javon. Um, he's committed to um, State College of Florida in Manatee. And um, we look forward to him, and we're, we're hopeful, and we wish him the best as he moves on to uh, his college career, the next endeavors of, of, his, um, of, his, of his basketball career. So those were our superlatives. Those were our end-of-season awards. And we also did um, three um, all poke hoop, all poke hoops teams, or I guess all county teams, if you want to call them that. Um, first team, we we had Orion from Kathleen, had Javon from Santa Fe, had Walt from Barto, we had Ray from Santa Fe, we had Joe from Santa Fe, and we had Alvin from Sebring. And you know, we took a little bit of little bit of heat for not listing um, Josh Simons from Barto as first team and. Um, we kind of went back and forth with that, and, and and I guess it ended up coming down. You can say between Josh and the kid that ain't from, from Polk County, Alvin. But if you look at Alvin's numbers, Alvin is deserved, very deserving of being first team. I think Josh made first team for, for the ledger. Um, but it, it was almost like we we decided to do 16, six kids. We could have easily did 6A, 6B. Um, but obviously Josh is very deserving. It was no slight to him, no disrespect to Josh. Shout out to Josh Simons. Um, he um, won all, all. He was MVP at the state tournament, deservedly so. If you all were there and saw how he, he, um, you know, battled in the semis and the finals, essentially shut down the big kid from um, from um, from Dillard. Um, he's he's very deserving. So it wasn't any slight to him. And I know we took some heat from that from the Bartow folks for him not being named first team. But, um, hey, we that's kind of how we saw it. And we, we're open to interpretation. We're not perfect. We're not trying to be. We're just trying to, you know, shine light on these kids and, and, and give, them, give them a voice because they haven't had one. So that was our first team. Second team was led by, was led by Josh. And then we also had Dorian Allen from Arbondale, Darius Lee from Jenkins, KJ from Kathleen, um, Pat Taylor from Lakeland, and Torn from Santa Fe. And our third team was AJ Gant from Lakeland, Rohard from Winter Haven, uh, BJ from Lake Region, uh, Jaquise Kemp from Jenkins, and Diego 
from Jenkins and Jude St. Jock, who's probably the one of the best kids, players in the county nobody knows about or talks about from Ridge Community. So that was our um that was our top, you know, our poke hoops teams. And we were um we were very um very, very happy with, with our selections. Like I said, they're open to interpretation, um, but we feel like with all the criteria that we put in place as far as, you know, going and watching the kids, talking to coaches and things of that nature and, and just their impact on games and all season long that we feel like we we were pretty accurate. Once again, we're not perfect, but we feel like we we, we did a good did a did a pretty decent job of it at most case. Okay. So, um as we come, you know, come to the end of our first podcast, once again, we, we just, at, at, from poke hoops to the to everybody, we just want to, you want to make sure you all mm-hmm. safe out there. We want to make sure that you um, doing all the stuff that they're telling you to do. Please don't take any of this stuff for granted. If you're going to go outside, please be safe. Please eliminate it. If you're going to, you know, make sure you're washing your hands and using the hand sanitizer and things of that nature and practicing the social distancing. These people do know what they're talking about. They're not just flying off the hip, and we want to make sure that everybody is here. We are so, you know, sad that things have been, you know, so crazy. Uh, we were going to talk about travel ball this episode, but we'll probably talk about it next, you know, next episode as far as travel ball teams, although it's such a on surgery right now we don't know when travel ball is going to pick back up again because nobody can do nothing nobody can practice nobody can go anywhere it's just just crazy it's, it's crazy it's sad but we got to be safe so we got to be you know mindful of what is out there and and until we get a better handle on it which you know we got to defer to the people that know and get them a chance to 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 do what it is that they need to do so that everybody can be safe and um, but once again, shout out to all the teams in Polk County um, from Polk Hoops. We're very thankful. We're very um, honored and blessed to be able to cover this county and cover these kids and cover these teams because it's just a great, great situation. And shout out once again to Bartow. And hopefully we will be able to talk more about um, state teams and and we won't take a t- six to ten years before we crown another state champion uh, moving forward all right this is Pope Poops, and we are signing out How are you?